and wanted to share another poem with you. Uh, yes, and her name is, is Dira Bikuni, and Dira means self-reliant. And she says, look closely, my heart. See how all things arise and pass away. Even that which is turning on this, oh, even that which is turning the shapes on this page into the sounds and thoughts. <coughs> you are right now silently speaking to yourself. When you no longer need to read the signs to find your way, you'll know for yourself that books and maps can only get you so far. There is a direct path. So it speaks about, you know, see how all things arise and pass away. What I just mentioned before, you know, it's considered the most <coughs> central feature of what needs to be seen in order to result in liberation of ignorance. And... And, you know, in books and maps, they can only get us, and teachers as well, you know, they can only get us that far. But then there's a direct path which is inside, you know, by really applying what we hear. And, uh, you know, having the patience and the endurance to go through that process of varying out those layers and layers of conditioning. And... You know, and the Noble Eightfold Path is like a, a template which helps us to stay on course. And even, you know, sometimes it's it's far from being like a smooth kind of a journey. But it, at least, you know, we know what is the next step. And we also understand, for example, you know, that the five precepts are that which can keep us, you know, keep us moving, really because they are considered um, a foundation for the path, which we cannot uh, ignore, really. Or we can ignore it, and then we have to pay the price for that, which is also okay, you know, sometimes. But at least we know, you know, what the deal is. So what is that direct path? And uh, I think, you know, in, in uh, more daily language, I'd say that the direct path is all about not shutting down. It's all about not shutting down. And it's, it's about uh, connecting, you know, with that uh, inner drive to evolve, which all living systems have that, you know. And... If that, you know, if we have lost connection to that drive, I think we tend to become depressed, really. If we have, you know, developed lifestyles which cut us off from that innate sense of fulfillment, you know, of our greatest potential, and and then it gets often kind of hijacked in fulfillment of doing more shopping or doing more traveling or doing more, you know, bodybuilding or being more beautiful and all of those things, you know, which can give like a kick of fulfillment, which is very, very fragile. 
but the kind of fulfillment you know which we are really looking for is is this expansion of the heart and expansion of the mind which comes from putting down a lot of stuff you know internal limitations which we have been accumulating you know over lifetimes and which is just also part of the uh, you know unenlightened conditioning which we all receive in our families in our societies and and there's nothing bad about that <coughs> it's just what it is and we can you know there's a way to deal with this and uh, you know and the more we are capable of putting down this conditioning the more we have that sense of fulfillment of feeling that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves and and i feel you know on a, on a on a level of the human species you know it, it we are now going in that direction where if we do not uh, you know grow into that into that direction where we understand ourselves as a global community we will not uh, be around for much longer you know because we have difficult um, issues you know to deal with such in particular you know uh, human induced global warming you know which we need to deal with as as a global community but if we don't have the emotional uh, know-how you know how to do that then it will be very impossible you know to get anywhere because there will be always this sense of uh, defending ourselves against the other and and that is a great uh, loss you know to us because we we are losing energy in that when that way and we are not going in the right direction we are going in the we're going towards the past and there is no way back you know evolution is 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 moving if we go with it or not those you know species who don't come along they will perish i mean as simple as that so yeah so in a way you know i feel that uh, what's called a g w the anthropogenic global warming you know is is somehow almost like a you know a, a cosmic skillful means to force us to go in a direction we might voluntarily not be willing you know to put down some of our preferences and now we have that there's this big need there you know we need to respond we need to organize ourselves and for that we need to learn to relate to the world and to our own you know kind of more primitive emotions in different manner by not kind of by by kind of st- trying to stamp them out and to not have them because that's impossible we are you know a mammal and we do have needs and so on and so forth and we need to attend to that but we can attend to it with a sense of uh compassion and wisdom you know not trying to be something what we are not but 
you know, taking that what we are on the ride, you know, towards something much bigger. And I think that's in a way, you know, what the Buddha's teaching is offering us, you know. It's not trying to deny needs, but it's it's trying to find a clear distinction and discernment between needs and wants, you know. And I think that mindfulness and sati is really very, very instrumental in that uh, undertaking, you know, to find out what is really going on. Is this just like kind of an idea? Is this just a, in my mind? Or is, is there what's really happening right now? Because we have a tendency, you know, to add a lot to our experience, to add something on top of it, you know, in terms of me and mine. Do I like it or don't I like it and all of those things. And it's, I think it's okay, you know, to, to know that, of course, but to then... Uh, you know, allow our whole life to be ruled by our likes and dislikes, that's not very growthful, you know, simply. It just keeps us stuck. Keeps us stuck in the past, you know, in very early conditioning, which we, some things we don't even know why we like or don't like, because maybe, you know, there was somebody earlier in our lives who taught us that. And it's it's good to just look at those things with... Uh, more space around it, really. So, you know, in particular, because, you know, I, I told you before, I'm Austrian, so I'm from Europe, and, and uh, when I came over here to America 10 years ago, you know, in the in the beginning, it looks like, oh, we are, you know, we, all, we look the same, and uh, so on and so forth, but I... I quickly found out, you know, that there is some, quite some differences, you know, in, in the conditioning and that uh, the individualism, you know, which is very enshrined here in America is is particularly strong here. In a way, I hadn't experienced it before and it had some really good sides to it and it has some not so good sides to it, you know. And the good thing was that you know, Ananda Bodhi and myself, we had been, uh, you know, stepping out of a, of a very um, traditional system of, of monastic training, you know, which was not giving the appropriate space for females. And, and that was, you know, it was very traditional and it was in England. And then we came over here to America and people said, just like, chuck it all out, you know, and we give the women the same as we give the men. And it was wonderful because nobody would ha have offered us that in, in England, you know. So we came here and it was wonderful. But then we also see, you know, that, uh, for example, in the individualism in, in our current president, you know, which is completely unchecked. There's no consideration for... The most, you know, um, you know, speaking the truth or, you know, the, the most simple guidelines of decent human behavior. Everything is allowed, you know. You just be yourself, you know. And so that is is a very lonely way of, of being in the world and, and very destructive, really. 
So this lonely cowboy syndrome, you know, here on the West Coast. And you can, you ride into the distance, you know, there's always somewhere else you can go where you, where you can take control, you know. But as you all know, it's that's no longer happening in this world, you know, where we have hit the limits already. And we're already starting to have the repercussions of, of that. So... So this, you know, this arm blocking of uh, relating to everything what is there, you know, that's what the training is all about. You know, arm blocking our hampered ways of relating to what is. Because you know that's really the also one of the hallmarks of the of the Buddhist teaching is is how you know how do I handle this experience right now you know what what's happening in my body what's happening in my mind what's happening in the world around me what's happening you know in relationship with others it's how do I handle that in a way which is growthful and which is Fulfilling, you know, fulfilling our potential. And, uh, you know, what to do with that, which is happening right now. What's the right way to respond? That's really what the, the teaching is helping us to discern. And, and mindfulness, sati, is, is the central quality, you know, which enables us to know what is happening right now. It's a feminine quality, so it's a, it's a noun, a feminine noun, and that gives this additional, you know, sense of um, receptivity in the sense of, you know, being receptive to what is happening right now, not only to the parts which I like, but as much as I can stay conscious to and then from that way of being conscious you know giving birth to new perspectives onto what to do with this you know so you know allowing the world to speak for itself rather than uh, projecting all of our ideas onto it and, you know, and allowing the world to speak with itself by, with mindfulness, with uh, sati, you know, receiving what's happening right now. And then there's also a second quality, which is in the Pali language is called sampachanya, which is a clear comprehension, you know, which brings in a sense of perspective, for example, you know, noticing in the present moment experience, being aware of impermanence. So like the noticing is the mindfulness, the sati, but then seeing it, seeing the changingness of it, that would be the sampachanya bringing that wisdom in action, that is. So that, that they need to always work together because, you know, mindfulness itself, if it's not integrated in the path and you know in Sampachanya is 
is that which brings the the wisdom of the path to the present moment. If if you just have mindfulness alone, you know you could mindfully, uh, you know, kind of shoot at a deer out there. You know that wouldn't be mindfulness in the sense of what the Buddha speaks about. So it needs to be always integrated in the path, and the Sampachanya is brings that integration along, you know. And, um, you know, the clarity of purpose, really, for our lives. And... Uh, so and and the you know the practice of of mindfulness happens in what's called the four satipatthana, the four you know the four um, areas in which we are applying mindfulness. And I you will have all heard about it, but I'm just gonna go through them very shortly. The first one is. Mindful, being mindful of the body, then mindful of feeling tones in the sense of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, then mindful of mind states or moods of the mind, angry, expansive, lustful, depressed, all of those things. And the fifth one is, is, is the principles according which the mind operates. Or, you know, the laws of nature, how they manifest in the mind. So, you know, when we sit down for the meditation, we can go through all four of them or just attending to one. And, you know, and it's very, very helpful, uh, you know, when we are having a challenging situation in our lives. You know, for example, you need to go to a meeting and, and you know, there is a person or two in there which usually trigger you emotionally. And also before you press down the door handle, you just, okay, mindful of the body. <laughs> and then you step in. And then you maybe already feel the contraction, you know. But at least you're, mind, you're, at least you're knowing what's going on. And then you become aware, oh, there's an unpleasant, it feels unpleasant, there is a sense of no, I don't want it. You still go in, but you know, you know, you know what's there. You know what you bring. And then, you know, if we are aware of the, of the feeling, then we might also be aware of it, it changes the mood of the mind a little bit, you know. But if it's conscious, it changes the mood of the mind just maybe a tiny bit, you know, but if it's unconscious, then it has much more power over us. So then, you know, there might be that sense of, like, a sense of aversion, you know, coloring the mind. And then we know that too. And then we just, you know, keeping, keeping the mindfulness going so we don't blurt it out. And if we have succeeded, you know, in doing that for a few times, then there is a sense of empowerment there, you know. And next time when that happens, there is more space because I, I know I can do it, you know. I can do it. I can feel angry and not blurt it out. 
and then you know automatically next time the level i mean maybe not exactly next time but maybe 10 times later you know then the le it the, it won't get up that high anymore because there's that sense there of it's okay you know having that sense of aversion present doesn't mean that i can't operate you know it just and and then taking out the information from that you know there's a sense of something is is kind of not according to my ideas you know then we have to investigate if there's something we need to do here or is there something we need to just simply let go and then we can make an informed decision and that's that's a exactly you know what the buddha's teaching is all about it it helps us to know you know what can we what's the right way to respond and uh, and then you know more and more the experience itself becomes more and more secondary and the way how we relate to it becomes more and more important you know and that's where you know where the training lies and then uh, you know we are more and more interested in in the structure of our experience and not so much anymore identified with the content you know and and the structure what what becomes apparent more and more through practice is Yes, you know, all of those experiences on whichever level they are, body, feeling, mood of the mind, or, you know, principles of how the mind works, they all are impermanent. And they all are, you know, not satisfactory. So then, you know, if we whatever if we get what we want or if we don't get what we want it's both impermanent and then it dawns you know it dawns on the mind slowly but surely if we pay attention to that and not being so hooked on the wanting and not wanting there's a sense of freedom in that you know and then we can still enjoy you know if we get what we want of course by all means enjoy it but enjoying it in a different way, you know, not in the desperate way, wow, you know, I hope I get it again and I don't want it to stop and all of those things. There's much more capacity to really enjoy because we know, you know, one thing comes and the next thing goes and, you know, I remember when, when Ayan Anabodi and I came to America 2008 and when President Obama, you know, we were, yay, so happy, you know, everything is going to change now and, which is gonna go like, you know, and then, and now, and it's gonna be like that always. And if you have lived long enough, and I have now long lived, I'm 62, I'm getting the hang of it now, you know. <laughs> Finally, after so long, it's just always gonna be that way. And there's nothing wrong with it, you know. It's just, this is samsara, you know. And samsara means to roll on and on and on. And it's compared with a wheel, you know.
Yeah, and you know, and anyone who still has greed, hatred, and delusion in the mainstream is gonna take rebirth in something like this, you know, and then being really, you know, nudged along to to keep on learning because we can't really get out of it in the sense of running away from it because there's nowhere to go. You know, there's walls here and there wherever coming up limitations, you know. But what we can do is we can slowly but surely get a bigger perspective on all of this and, and start to see it's not about getting what you want and, and running away from what you don't want. That's not the point. It's it's there's something completely different happening. And and what is happening is you know to expand the mind and to put down wrong ideas. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit Dharma Seed dot org slash donate